But before we talk about, about all that, you know, you remember Madlock? Oh, sorry, I didn't even no. introduce me. How, I am how, joined how this week. <laughs> Let's just go again. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Foxes Never Quit podcast. This is a fan-run podcast about Leicester City Football Club. You can find us on Acast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podcaster, Samsung Podcasts, Deezer and GeoSarvan. Not sure what GeoSarvan is, but we are on it. And of course, you can find all of our things at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash lcfc and reddit.com forward slash r forward slash lcfc women. Hello and welcome to Foxes Never Quit Talking. I am here with Madlock as usual. How are you doing, Madlock? I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you for remembering me. It's always good. <laughs> remembering who? What? I did the solo. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to talk about the Premier League match against Everton and the WSL match against Arsenal, and then we're going to preview the Premier League match against West Ham this weekend. But yes. before we're going to do all that, you remember we spent a lot of the early part of the season talking about, you know, should we fire the manager? Shouldn't we? All that stuff. You remember that, right? Yeah, there was a bit of a there was a bit of a murmur about it. Yeah, yeah, and um, well, we've finally gone ahead and fired a manager although um it's Lydia Bedford the manager of the women's team yes it was a really weird weirdly worded announcement I guess they always are but they kind of seem to avoid finally they all said we're reshuffling the coaching staff and Lydia Bedford's moving out out or something it's like "Mm." she's been fired hasn't she well it smacks of uh that she and the leadership disagreed it was very much like and there's probably lots of examples. There's one example I can think of when Nigel Pearson left Watford. You know, they're kind of basically, he said it, he, he must have said something that was a step mm-hmm. out and the leadership didn't take it well. Hopefully not. I'm like to think that, um, you know, the leadership, which includes Emil Heskey as well, to be fair, you know, Emil Heskey and, and yeah. William Kirk, uh, Willie Kirk uh, were a bit thicker skinned than that. But yeah, I it was a bit of a weird one. I thought it was a shame. I thought would have given her the West Ham game just to show her. I mean and also it was weird that they did it after she did the presser yeah, for the game she'd done the press conference of the game that, yeah that is strange you'd think that if you're gonna you've that's made why I think it was an argument it, it smacks yeah. of an argument that's gone sour and she must have been like I've, I've resigned because you're clearly not supporting something or whatever I, I can't imagine you know, I can only speculate what happened behind closed doors but yeah, there was something weird there. Just, it was, it's fishy. The whole thing is weird. And, you know, I did actually murmur that maybe Lydia Bedford needed to... I wouldn't say... I wasn't really saying, we, you know, sack her or anything. But I was starting to wonder if she was going to be putting herself in a bit of a precarious position if she didn't start getting goals, let alone results. Yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, if it was down to on-pitch performance, you'd think after the last game would be when you let her go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it would have been, yeah, if it was like, oh, you didn't beat Reading, it would have been, what, hmm. the, the Monday after, at, at latest, probably. Yeah. They, so they said uh, in the thing, an initial improvement in on-pitch results has proven unsustainable, which, I, the, yeah, I guess, leading the board to conclude, regrettably conclude, 
that a change in direction is necessary. Lydia departs with our sincere thanks for her contribution to the ongoing establishment of Leicester City Football Club women and their very best wishes for the next steps of her in her career. Which is, you know, all so so much so standard. You always say that regardless of what happened. And um, taking over is Willie Cook, who yeah. was previously our director of football. It'd be weird if like, we got this on to be a director and then from someone to go from director back into ma- to being a manager seems like a bit of a weird, weird move. But um, maybe it's just a needs must sort of thing. I don't know, but we'll see what it is. But I, I have to admit, I wasn't, you know, so we talk about how Lydia Bedford set up. She did three at the back, two sort of wing backs and sort of not minimal midfield, but, you know, kind of two number eights and, mm. you know, and two up front sort of thing. And, uh, you know, it's a very low block sort of setup, but it is designed to absorb. And given our ability, well, that sounds yeah. cruel, but like given our, you know, our, you know, the talent pool we have versus a talent pool that Arsenal, Chelsea, and even other teams like Brighton and West Ham have in in the Women's Super League, is you know, you talk about that stratification, it's there now. We've got William Kirk and like, oh, you know, and that's clearly must have been what they were going on about. It's like, oh, you sit back too much and you're not getting goals, which is something I kept saying as well. You know, we need mm. to get goals, even if we're losing, at least claw a goal no, back. Them, yeah. Just just because you can't win unless you're scoring, right? And I kind of, you don't just, your plan to be just draw nil nil for everything, you know, unless you've got that kind of person who can nick that one goal and do it, which is kind of what, what the game plan was for Reading. And it was quite, you know, frustrating when you look back at it, you know, oh, we got the one goal and then there was just no real intent forward and Reading got their break and then they just, yeah, I think we just fell apart, um, unfortunately, because the yeah. game plan was ripped apart and it was done so late in the game. There's no real recovering and that three points was the difference between being bottom to possibly being over Brighton. So, um, yeah, but then Willie Kirk then, you know, produces a lineup where which allegedly, according to... The website and well, from kind of formation was a four-one-four-one, but well, it was a lot of defensive players, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll go into the Arsenal game a bit later. Yeah. I'm just looking at the announcement. They they've said that he's taking charge on a permanent basis as first team manager. He'll be supported by he's got first team coach Steve Kirby and technical coach Emil Heskey, and they they took over training on Saturday. Hmm. Um, okay, so looks like there's also been. A new head of medical and performance brought in, a guy called Tom Freeman, who's actually worked with the first team um, between 2001 oh, wow. and 2014. So, okay. So, there's some pedigree there. I mean, that sounds really bad, but we're saying Lydia was still good. I mean, she was working with the English development and she clearly picked a lot of talent from there. And I think there's a lot of, you know, up and comers in, in the team in, in Perfield and Pike and Goodwin. You know, yeah. I think a couple others are kind of. You know, Ava Baker looks really good. I'm sure, I think she's getting in, and a couple others. Like again, just escaped my mind uh, at the moment. But yeah, we've got clearly some talent coming up, but we just don't got that maturity. Which I know Lydia tried to bring in like seasoned veterans from um, various different leagues, including Nor- Norwegian league and the women's soccer in the states. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just yeah, very weird. It was a weird occasion. Um, I'm hoping. This will help us do it. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the game later. But yeah, we're not entirely sure where the differences were, other than maybe a slight tweak to formation. But Well, he only know. had the one training, and that was like a day before the game. So I don't imagine he had time to do very much with No, of course. Uh, I mean, so I think we'll really see what he's doing 
in the women's next match. West Ham, yeah, and that's Which a game we also could... West Ham, yeah. That's yeah. on the twentieth, I think. Is it in two weeks' time, roughly? I think that game is. Yeah, and that will be a real that'll be a real test to see if he's made an impact. So yeah, you talk about two weeks. Two weeks is a long time of training. Hopefully, he'll, he can impose that game, and maybe we even get lucky with the likes of like Hannah Kane coming back into the side and Lambert yeah. coming in as well. But yeah, yeah, I'm looking at his CV. Um, I mean, he had some success with Hibernian women who've won the Scottish Cup and the Scottish League Cup and did pretty well in the Scottish League. Um, That was back in the early 2010s. He had some success with Bristol City, um, got relegated, bounced straight back, and then brought them back into sort of staying safe in the WSL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they um, they fell off our side, didn't they? Which maybe, maybe is what he'll end up having to do with us. We might be set for another championship season. Yeah, um, it could be um pissing yeah the champ you know pissing the league in the championship next year, season. Hopefully not, but it is it's gonna be tough unless they. It'll be fun to watch us win some games again. Um, yeah, and no, absolutely. And yeah, he was uh, was it he was at assistant coach at Man United Women for half a season before quitting to join Everton as their manager. He got sacked from there at the. Sort of at some point in uh, some point in 2021, I think. Yeah, it went a bit wrong there. I, I can't remember the details. Yeah, there, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And, and then he joined us in the summer. So he's, I mean, maybe he joined us in the summer and started like Game of Thronesing his way up the uh, up the. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> oh my no, God. that's that's uncharitable. That's uncharitable. That's pure <laughs> speculation. That's not just, just me, me trying to make a dr- joke. Lots if you of dragons and shit out of Beaver no I don't think it would have been planned I think he he sounded like he went to director he must have wanted to go director but we'll see but yeah no it's going to be interesting but let's let's move on to a bit of happier news with a different Everton um, Everton away yeah Um, we said in that game the first goal would be important yes it was wasn't it did turn out to be I think because we were able to be a lot more comfortable once we scored in a way although obviously when you're only one goal up you're still always nervous on the defence um, Everton yeah. missed their chances early on as well they did have a couple of good chances um, I can't remember who it was who pulled a shot wide really near the start of the game uh, I want to say it was Awobi Awobi was very threatening the whole match wasn't he 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 really just there was a couple opportunities had he finished you know there was all he had like two or three opportunities to equalize and um you know Calvert Lewin had that real open chance as well I think that was more second half I might yeah. be conflating the halves but you know yeah there was some really good opportunities but some really good makeshift work from Ward and some really adamant yeah. last minute defending from both centre backs you know Marte and and what phase both look we were really good they were really tremendous yeah. uh, it got a little bit sporadic at times but it was yeah yeah I, yeah, I wasn't easy watching I wouldn't say <laughs> it wasn't always easy watching the commentators called out say, saying you know after phase makes a good block stop a ball coming across the goals look at him he's celebrating making that block and quite rightly should it's like yes this is the mentality we brought him in for I called it out last week that he was or maybe the week before that he was doing that um, I thought also Ward had a really good save against I think it was a Tarkowski header. Yes. I mean, he did a couple of good saves. I mean, that one where he came out and stopped Calvert-Lewin was definitely one that comes. So that was 
there, if there was ever a clear chance for Everton, it was that Calvert-Lewin goal when he got in yeah. on behind. And yeah, but yeah, the the corner, one of the corners he cleared, you know, he, he stopped Tarkowski at close range. So, you know, that would have been quick. Would have taken some strength and reaction to do that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of become clear these past few matches, I think that we're much better with Danny Ward in goal than we would have been with Casper Schmeichel. And if you've been following Schmeichel's exploits at Nice, you'll definitely agree with that. Yes, it's not been... It's not been good yeah. for him. It's No, it's not, has it? Just to ensure. <laughs> but yeah, I thought we had a good game plan. We did seem to dominate possession. We seemed to... Well, not dominate possession necessarily, but we had. I think we had the lion's share of possession and it definitely felt like if they were going to score, it would have to be on the break, whereas we were controlling the game more. Yeah, it, because of that early goal as well, we forced them to attack, which gave us the space. Yeah. So we kind of... We did the first half was very much Roger ball, although you know what I've dubbed Roger's ball. You know, with that kind of playing from the back, cycling the ball, trying to find positions and stuff. And we, you know, and then that Telemans goal. I mean, we feel like we're talking about this every, you know, every other podcast now. Where Telemans is just on fire. It, it yeah. was almost picture, you know, like for like. If you watch the Wolves and that goal from the same angle, it looks identical. I don't oh, know yeah. if he's been doing that exact thing in training, or is he just just a particular knack, or I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, 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 that that made that changed the whole game. T. Lemons was the game changer there. I know, Mad- you know, don't get me wrong, Madison definitely deserved a lot of accolades for you know setting him up and you know doing yes. a lot of other good work as well. T. Lemons had a really oh, good game as well. Madison but- had a brilliant game, didn't he? I would actually, I actually gave MVP personally to myself to Tielemans. That changed yeah. the that changed the, di- the dynamics. And yeah, we in the second half we played counterattacking, which w- w- made Everton nervous. They don't do possession football, or at least yeah. they don't seem to. They didn't seem very comfortable. Try, you know, they very much were trying to draw us out and then get in and behind. You know, they were desperate for space, and if we denied them space, they seemed to just kind of take pot shots which luckily we had enough men in the box just to yeah. make sure that didn't get through I'm much more comfortable watching us defend now than I was earlier this season oh don't but yeah uh, but yeah <laughs> you say that in the last three games as well because you know Tielemans was unlucky not to score a similar effort against Man City as well yeah I mean that's what I mean like, yeah, it's been like every podcast last few now yeah it's just been what what craziness is Tielemans going to do this week you know <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> yes. And it was, yeah, it was fantastic. It came at such a good time, right? Because, mm, yeah, right before half time. That's the best right time. Right before half time. And also, the game had just been paused. You know, we'd had a short break. Um, you won't notice this if you only watch the highlights. Mm. Um, but I was able to sit down and watch the game live. Not in the stadium, unfortunately. But there'd been a pause in the game while the referee talked to a police officer about the fact that there had been debris oh, yeah, nearby fireworks, fireworks yeah. falling on pitch and that really disrupted the momentum of the game and yes, then we just did, went yeah. out and came straight out of the block so I think we kind of hit Everton before they got back up to pace but that I think rocked them you know get that goal while they're still like getting back into the game and then go down the tunnel and it's suddenly a where the hell did that goal come from from the point of view of the Everton players I think it was psychologically yeah. massive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, psychologically. It's because that could, you know, going to Goodison Park, we've not won that. We've never won there under Rogers. It's the first time Rogers has ever won uh, at Goodison Park in his entire career. Yeah, because he never won there when he was Liverpool either, did, they? did no. he? 
no, oh. that that will break that. And you know, Everton have been a team we've really struggled against in general. Even when we were on a high, we've just struggled their physicality and you know, yeah, they they they, they, they they've not always had our number, but they it's always it's always been a tough match. I never. But I did. I had a good feeling about it. We seem to just be on this bounce where we just, you know, the team. You can see the teams come together. We've got like the settled eleven, who are not getting mm. worn down. We seem to be, you know, knock on wood, okay for injuries. You know, Ricardo's coming back. If you haven't seen, you know, he's he's yeah. not quite on the grass yet, but he's definitely made some good strides, and they think he'll be back for next year. That'd be like a new signing in its own right, Ricardo. Yeah, yeah. Um, pray that his ACL stays in place. Um, then yeah, sorry, I got a bit off tandem there, but yeah, with Everton, yeah, we got and again another clean sheet. You know, Ward is yeah. now one behind first. You know, I know he's in kind of joint fourth or whatever, but yeah, he's got three ahead of him all on the same, and he he's there, and you know, he's only done that. I mean, given say he's shipped, was it twenty six goals? Um, <laughs> to then be in the race with the golden boot is a bit of a wild turnaround and you know and I've seen some people be like you know give it to the, I, I don't like this whole Rogers in Rogers out brigade stuff I, I, I like, people kind of said oh you're a Rogers in and I'm like it's not so much it was Rogers in I was getting annoyed but mm. I, I have to admit I was really tentative because you, you look at what's happening at Wolves they've really struggled to find a manager and you know a manager of quality you know, yeah. Southampton have done a bit of a coup with the Luton manager. I think, you know, he's a really good shout within English football. I think oh, we've yeah. always said that, like, even when I've said that we should change Rodgers, I think I've always said, but we need to have someone lined up to come in. Yeah, otherwise we're just kind of really resetting the whole project again. And it's just Which like, what's... Well, yeah. And, um, you know, it would have been frustrating if we were, like, having to go back to square one and, Yeah. Would have been frustrating. Yeah, but, you know, and Everton was a it was a vindication of him staying, and you know the owners clearly, yeah, clearly knew they, what they, they were doing. They backed him, and they were right to, and um, yeah, is I, I, I've been really curious to see. I really wish there was like a Leicester till I die for this season, or one of those other type. You, you know the type of Netflix yeah. show I mean, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the, the Amazon yeah. one. Yeah, oh yeah, the Amazon. I, one. I, I, I think of Drive to Survive, which uh, is the Formula One one. Yeah, uh, I think more. I can't remember what the Amazon one's called, but yeah, that, that, I wish they would have done that in like previous seasons, like when win the FA Cup. That would have been. Yeah, I would have happily have liked to have seen what happened. But I like to see what Rogers is like behind closed doors because he he does seem like a lot of people kind of get him for not having passion. But I kind of like the fact that he's quite a bit level. I mean, don't get me wrong, he does. Yeah, he, he throws his arms up, so he's not a completely stone face but i kind of i don't i have to admit i get quite irritated with like the artetas and the clops who are like apoplectic at like the smallest infraction against them it gets a bit but i don't know personally i'm not a big fan of that i've, I've played with, with people like that and i've dealt with people like yeah. that i don't find it nice i sympathize with, with that because i'm very much the same right i'm not me personally i'm not the sort of person who'll like jump up and yell and scream about about things and like I have had people like accuse me like oh you don't care about this do you? It's like no I really do. I'm just not someone who's going to yell at people about it. <laughs> yeah, like I don't I don't find it necessary to to get in get really cut into to you know believe in something just because I'm not throwing my arms up doesn't mean I'm not boiling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. Yeah, it would be interesting. Although yeah, it could go either way. See, I, I he's quite. Um, if he knows the cameras are on him, I wonder how that affects him. 
it would be very yeah. curious to be a fly on the wall in his in the dressing room. Apparently, he has he has given. You know, I'm not violent cans, but there's been some. I think um, Pipes has mentioned that he, he apparently has given the the very sort of um, heavy blows, uh, so to speak, within the dressing room when he needs to, and he's been very. I think he's been very blunt. Yeah, I, I can't imagine Rogers getting up and yelling at a player. But we've got a bit off the Everton game, haven't we? <laughs> Just <laughs> Should we bring it back. Should we bring oh, it back? Oh, no, absolutely. And you know, but like I said, the Everton match again, another you know confident win, another clean sheet. You know, a couple, a couple, we're still scoring goals, and we're not shipping goals. Yeah, it's all steps in the right direction. And given West Ham are looking a bit shaky again, not to jump ahead. <laughs> you know, they 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 lost against Palace. You know. If we can keep up this form, we might we might be beating our, our you know basically the people who pipped us for by three points. May I remind? By three points, they pipped us for the Conference League. So now, yeah. Do now you we... think if we would been playing in Europe that we'd have been able to turn it around? Because I know I one think... thing we struggled with last year was we had like the being in Europe gave us a relentless run of games. I think Roger said at some point last season, like, look, I'm aware of the issues. We need mm. to work on it in the training ground, but we're playing so often we don't have enough time on the training ground to work on things. No, and I think that's a fair. You know, you, it's hard because you got to, people think like, "Oh, you got three days." So you don't run off and do ninety minutes. I was reading something about cat. You know, just nutrition and various bits around football. And it's you know, a, a professional athlete will burn like what twenty five hundred, two thousand to twenty five hundred calories. In hmm. a match in ninety minutes, so they would burn off a daily, <laughs> the daily caloric intake for a, a grown man in ninety minutes. I can uh, easily believe that. Oh yeah, no, I mean I can as well. But like you know, so did, you don't recover from stuff like that though. I I I struggle. I did eighty minutes, you yeah. know, two forty minute games as a keeper, and I you know I was quite sore afterwards. So yeah, I. But anyway, I mean, you know, you need the recovery day. You need a day, and then you need a day to cool. So you can't be training and then going in flailing around in the game another day you know you just got to be, you have to have rest days and yeah i mean it's got to be if you're playing two games a week like that you're training raising you your day after the game's going to be just all like decompression rest recovery um and maybe something very light your day before the game you're also not going to do anything high intensity right because you need to save that intensity for the next day right yeah no absolutely you might do something a bit more Sort of help you probably do more tactical. You probably do but, more tactical reviewing discussions as well. Yeah. There's also just mental fatigue as well. Yeah, and then you know if you're doing like really heavy training sessions, mm. like your your players just going to all break. And we've been there <laughs> without even doing the heavy training session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I um, think. We we really bucked the trend, you know. Even if Roger says that we really bucked the trend. You know, Everton got you know European football years ago, and they then tumbled down the table. Wolves spectacularly got seventh on their debut season, or at least not their debut season, but their sort of first season back in the Premier League for quite a long time, at least the top division yeah. for a long time, and you know really you know blazed through, got seven, and now they they tumbled down again. You know, as you know, high highs and high lows, and they really struggled the next season with those those midweek mm. games. They, they and we we kind of bucked that trend. You know, credit to us. We we did two seasons in a row, and fifth. yeah, and you know the only clubs that can do shit like this are like your Spurs, your Liverpool's, your Chelsea's. You know the people who have a B team that could eat, compare. You know, sorry, not compare, compete even in 
in in the Premier League every week yeah. as well as going to cup games and do other stuff. That de- and that death is hard to justify. And I think had we gotten European football, I think the club would have backed it. I think we would have signed Lookman easily. Oh, I think yeah, we would yeah. have gone after fair. others. But thinking about it, yeah, we would have possibly. Oh no, I think Fafana stood his way out. But... I think Fafana would have. Yeah, I think he, you know, he would have. But you know, I, I don't know what's going, going on. The Champions League, wasn't he? But. Yeah, Chelsea seems to have developed the ACL curse with two of our players, with Chilwell and Fofana. I, I actually feel bad for both of them because obviously Chilwell was probably pegged on to, to go to the England squad and Fofana, you know, was on the precipice of joining the French team, wasn't he? Which is, this, that is quite a feat. You know, we talk about this tough competition getting to the England team and the French team's fucking stacked. I mean, their development yeah. squad could probably make a good run in the World Cup. There's a, such a strong... Yeah, such depth in in, in the I'm French ability. Really hoping to see Faze go to go as well. I think he will. I think given um, his run, I think it'd be, I'd be surprised if he wasn't even in the squad. As I kind of think of, I can't think of any other Belgian defenders that would overtake him off the top of my head. You have a note here that thank the heavens we didn't sell Sumare back to League One this summer or League One this summer. Uh, I didn't actually put that note, but that is a very. I mean, oh, Sumare. Someone really... else fit in. No, but I think it's a really, really good point. Um, it is. You know, I so in Diddy, I I really still rate in Diddy, but in Diddy offers something different. As Samari looks at, and people talk about Samari gets the ball off him, and he did have a a bit of a mishap, I think, with a Wobi. Can't remember one of the mm. attackers that took the ball off him, and he sometimes gets, and he does let the ball get a little bit away from him, but he yeah. brings it forward. He he brings so much, and in Diddy, I like it, but in Diddy can stime the game, and he basically, if Tielemans isn't next to him, he'll. He'll pass back to. He'll just pass back. Yeah, and Didi wants a sideways pass. He wants a safe pass. Let's put it that way. He's, he's a safe he's... pair of hands. He he's brilliant for when we're going for the likes of Man City. Yeah, I'd almost he, he yeah. I'm sorry. He's a, he's one of those. Yeah, he'll break up the opposition attacks and then pass the ball to a midfielder nearby who will start us or pass to a centre back who will start to recycle mm. the ball. He, he's yeah. not the sort who'll get the ball. His instinct isn't look up and find a winger like no. Madison or Tielemans or Dewsbury Hall even. No, or Dewsbury Hall will, will charge forward with the balls. Or Sumare, he, he's he's he'll carry the ball forwards. I do know what you mean. He kind of takes a moment on the ball longer than he can get away with sometimes. Yeah, and he sometimes he's good. He's good at like kind of you know you know jousting around someone who's then trying to take the ball off him he's, he's not easy to get the ball yeah. off which is the only criticism i have of samari but that's something you can train and he tends to recover it quite quickly and he's his physicality is matching as well which is good yeah. to see the thing is i think yeah. he's quite good at holding the ball if the other players tries to just bully him off it yes it's one of my favorite things <laughs> i think i saw him do a couple of times last season in the europa league was um or conference league was like two players were trying try and like shove him off the ball and just bounce off him like <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean he, he, he's obviously he's got his, his stature to it as well but he, he seems to and he, he he does some wonderful things on the ball but he brings it forward and he t- he takes the pressure off a bit of Madison and, mm. and Tielemans there are some games where basically you saw all the team did was pile on Tielemans oh don't worry yeah. about him Diddy he'll just pass it to Tielemans if you all press him every time he gets the ball it will stymie any of their going forward, and it was true. Yeah. There was a few games where we were just we were just stuck because that's all we did. And Diddy didn't provide that relief. And Diddy wasn't a threat in that regard. And yeah, teams realised they could if they cut 
Tielemans and Madison out of the game. I remember seeing a few games where like Madison was always like triple marked. I mean, I mean Madison's always at least marked by at least one person. At always. <laughs> I mean, you'd be a lunatic not to mark him. But, no, I know. Um, but, but... The thing is, if you the point is if you're if you've got so few threats that you can triple mark Madison. Yes. You know, and Sumare provides that extra like you can't just yeah, he forces someone to stop marking Madison and try and mark him. Is the yeah. point. <laughs> I like to see Samara try and get on goals. He doesn't quite get to that attack, and I don't think he will. I think he's more at most box to box. Um mm. but yeah, he's been really good. I'd like to see him him working with Pratt. Pratt with that work rate and him, you know, Pratt up as that right wing. We don't really have a right wing as such, but Pratt really and I'm kind of going a yeah. bit off piece here, but he's been really, and he wasn't dead. So obviously, he had a baby. So congrats, congratulations to the Prats. Um, yes. Which sounds like I'm being mean. That's <laughs> just their name. <laughs> I just, just said that out loud, and it almost sounded like. But no, congratulations. I tend to, to often find myself pronouncing it Pret to avoid that, but I know it is pronounced Pratt. Oh, see, I I think I said Pret the first time, and um, so, the missus took the piss out of you know <laughs> the, like the, the Pret from you know like the sandwich shop. It's like, there's no winning, yeah, is there? Yeah. Um, there is no winning, yeah. But anyways, no, you know, congratulations. But um, but yeah, it just, yeah, it's interesting to have these extra threats. There was too much when we were relying on T-Limits and Madison. Now we're kind of getting these other options. So if we buy an actual out-and-out right winger mm. in the January, it's, got a, it's been our priority. It's been our priority since Merez left. And I think Lookman could have fit it, but should have, could have, would have. Um, and he's having a terrific time, of course, at um, to Inter, is that? Oh, I forgot where he went. He went to Syria. I can't remember which team or, um, has escaped me. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he's given options. In Diddy, I don't think I don't. I wouldn't write off in Diddy. I think if we ever get European football again, in Diddy will be imperative to to depth. I think we'll need him for certain games. Having that rotation between him and Samaria and Mendy. Mendy's kind of, you know, whilst Mendy doesn't have the statue, he's very good on his feet and he's very good at sort of working the ball he doesn't quite do long passes but his short passing is immense and he does it under pressure mm. he's very good at that and i really you know i think that that's under pressure where like telemans is quite long passing and then you got samari who's quite good at that medium range and short passing and then in diddy obviously he just doesn't really we, pass, we just have he? a lot of good midfielders don't we our midfielders, yeah, and then you got like Dewsbury Hall, who is just an absolute workhorse. I mean, the man. I just want. I get tired watching him. He's a. He, he's got some sort of like Andy Robertson energy about him. He just runs up and down, up and down that pitch. There's something I saw like a statistic that he's he on average covers more of the pitch per match or something. At least up to a certain amount of games. You know, for the first six games, he. There was only he he outstripped everyone in terms of distance covered, and that's just and you see it, you see him. He comes back, he gets the ball, he runs it up, um, and he also provides like a left-footed option, which is really it complements yeah. I think Madison really nicely. So if we now get incisive balls again. Not everything is landing on Madison and Telemans. You've got another threat who can, you know, again, Dewsbury Hall can come in and he can be a bit of a winger. Sort of, he yeah. he reminds me a bit of a Graylish type. I think you could almost, yeah. That's something that always frustrates me a bit when we're out of form is that we start, you can see where the players lose confidence. The thing Mm. they start doing is they start trying to get Madison to do everything. And Madison's good, but no one can be the one player who does everything for the team without the rest of the Mm. team supporting it. It's not unusual. There's there's lots of teams, you know, Villa did that with Graylish when he was there. 
which is why I think they got compared. So I think they're very different players. I know a lot yeah. of people compare them, but I think they pl- operate in very different areas. I'd actually say Dewsbury Hall is closer to a greylish type. Yeah, he is. The way he kind of will work and harass players and stuff. Yeah, and his physicality um, as well. Like I said, you know, Madison, I'm not saying he can't do physical things, he just won't be as physical. You know, he's not built that way, but he yeah, makes yeah. up for it through, you know, your footwork, really good footwork. Um, really good footwork and a willingness to um, win a free kick, shall we say. Yeah, um, that, that's, that's what I think. I think that's Grealish the other comparison is. with Grealish, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and sometimes I get annoyed when Grealish won that free kick with Man City, and I was a bit, but I was a bit like. A bit stymed in sort of my uh, annoyance because I don't know. I, I, I you don't know, Madison, Madison would do the same with the other side. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Madison would have done exactly the same thing, and possibly scored it exact same way. You know. Yeah, yeah. He scored what? He scored two free kicks this season already, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. One against beautiful ones, really yeah, good ones as well. Two or three. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good considering he almost went like a season without last season. And yeah. Then, yeah, he scored. Yeah, the um, man's on in form, and thank God him and Tielemans are on form are, are attacking. But but I think that's helped very much by the other options, and that's where Samara comes in. And then Diddy, I don't know if we'd sell him. I you know uh, I don't think we'd yeah. get rid of him. I think it'd be silly to get rid of him, but I think he'd be great rotation. Um, and hopefully he he'll bring his way in. But yeah, we've got a lot of things going on in that midfield, and it's yeah, it's we're a bit sport for choice, and that's nice. Now I just wish we had that with right wingers or just wingers in general, because I do worry that Barnes is going to get burnt out. He's been really immense on that left yeah. wing, but everyone knows we come up that left wing, so they always put that extra effort to stime up the left, don't they? And he has had some, yeah. I mean, it's something I commented on the match Madison was suspended for that was perhaps mm-hmm. we felt a bit more balanced in attack in that. Yeah, we were attacking with a lot more width. I think it's a problem we have while we don't have a right winger. is isn't so much... It's not so much a problem of um, that Barnes and Madison aren't good enough by themselves. It's more a problem of we end up attacking quite narrowly because we attack up the left and middle channels. And if the opposition defence don't bother covering the right channel, that's fine for them because we're not bothering to attack it. And actually, yeah. once Pratt's out there, suddenly the back four have to stretch to cover the width of the pitch because if they all come across like they often do, suddenly, hey, ball to Madison, ball to Pratt, or ball to whoever in the middle, and yeah, um, suddenly we're we're attacking on the right as well. And it it gave Barnes and um, was it Vardy in the middle for us? I think just that much more space, yeah. which sometimes they lack. Yeah, and they have to operate in such tight spots. And I know Barnes. We kind of I think there's a. You know, again, where we lean on Madison, we lean on Barnes as well a lot to just just to make something happen because he will just go a mano a mano, won't he, with with any defender? And it's brilliant because mm. he does that, and he's he, he's done it in some tremendous way. You know, doing the Nottingham Forest game, that is one goal was just just a little bit of juking and you know, beautiful yeah. goal across the keeper, and yeah, really, really, really nice finish. And he's capable of doing that, and he. You can see, and you can see he aggravates defenders. You can see that they they start nipping at him and they struggle with him, and that's good. That's a really good quality to have. And you know, it, you know, not to get into the whole England conversation, but I think he would be an amazing apprentice to the, to the likes of Sterling or something. But mm. we'll see. Um, um, but yeah, we haven't mentioned Barnes's goal against Everton either. No, classic sort of um, counter attack, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and not to take it away from it. Yeah, sorry. And so I saw someone in our match day chat say, "Oh, that was a bit of a fluke." What the hell? 
I really, I don't understand. I, I try not Someone, I can't remember who it was. Someone described the flick. He's like, no way in hell. He knew exactly. He he put it exactly where he wanted to put it. Hard yeah. to the keeper's right. Nothing fluky about it. Whoever wrote that, shame on you. Yeah, I don't know why you do that. So essentially, it's like, yeah, that's pretty out of the box barn stuff, isn't it? You know, he doesn't yeah. get more signature him than that kind of goal. Um, you know who used to work? They, him and Ricardo used to work amazing. When Ricardo used to be that incisive right wing back, and they used to pe- remember they really paired up really nicely against West Ham a couple of seasons ago. Just some, you know, remnants. I wonder if I'll start putting Ricardo on the right wing with Castagna behind him. There's been a lot of discussion that he might have been sort of earmarked for that because of the because he had he used to play forward and then he's kind mm. of had a bit of the curse of Edison where Edison is probably a good midfielder but in his, within the competition of where he was playing football he kind of got pushed back and Ricardo started off as a striker and then yeah. a right wing and then he's just got pushed back because oh no one wants right back but he made it work and now he has that attacking ability whilst also having that defensive ability as well I can tell you now playing Ricardo and Constantia on the right works really well in football manager (laughs) of course that's no but I can imagine yeah I mean they they have they I think we have done that before I'm sure we must have done but it feels like I haven't seen Ricardo play for ages and it's yeah I'd be looking forward to him coming back in January because it's such a shame he's such an amazing player as well and you know, it just feels, yeah, it's, it's a shame. I'll leave it at that. But yeah, Samari, I think, you know, and I also hope he scores soon just because I really love his song, um, which has come out of his little, uh, G- if you didn't catch it, just look up his little little dance. I think it's on the official channels as well. Oh. He's a little oh, jig with Yeah, his yeah, little wiggle. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was, um, yeah. It was I, a great warm up to Strictly Come Dancing this weekend. Oh, yeah. I, I love the songs that came out of it. I, I saw it on someone's... I can't remember who someone sort of said, I want to dance with Samare. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't do that, because apparently that got reported. Some of you are ridiculous. I, I think, prayed up with a joke. Well, I, I, I think it was a joke. I, I, I think someone was... was hey, maybe someone's seen you dance knows um, that you're a liability when you're on the dance floor. It is Who all knows? limbs, yeah, to be fair. So that's, that's fine. It's all um, limb, limbs and shapes, yeah. So, yeah, 2-0 win over Everton. Pushes up nicely up the table. Um, two great goals, one from Tielemans, one from Barnes. And shall we talk a bit about the... Uh, Women's Super League match against Arsenal from yesterday. <sighs> if we must, yeah. Um, yeah, we've been putting this off a bit, haven't we? We have. It's been. It's, I've been kind of looking at it on our notes here and just trying to think. Like, I, I kind of started touching on it. You know, Willie. So the whole thing, obviously, as we discussed, Lydia Bedford got sacked. It was all about how she was playing. It was kind mm-hmm. of negative, but I kind of understand why she did it. But it was it just never went forward. And then Willie Kirk goes, "Cool, we're going to do this." You know, and I saw the formation. Uh, on yeah. the official channel, and it was four one. I was like, "Oh, that is actually quite attacking," but the players aren't. The only two that came to mind were Waylon, arguably, and Flint. And it's like, what? And yeah. Anyways, it's the game of. I mean, it was just, it's just ridiculous. It, you know, it was just really lax marking um, at one point. Yeah, lax um, marking, and we we're still susceptible to crosses as well. We did, yeah. And that seems to have been a problem. So we conceded directly from a corner in the last match, 
Yeah, we might need to lend our set piece coach over to to the women's. You know, the oh, we've men's had last women's. season as well because I can't which match it was last season, but I seem to remember we conceded two from the co- two directly from a corner in two minutes at some point last season. Oh my God, I, I I think I probably purged that from my brain for my own health, but I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. But yeah, yes, there's a fantastic post on the LCFC women's subreddit. Um, it's underneath the match day thread by Caradog Reese who opens up saying, we've started and played an hour with eight defenders on the pitch, and comments, it's this tactical genius that got Kirk the sack from managing a strong Everton side last season, clown emoji. Uh, I get the feeling he was that Cardigan Reese is a Lydia Bedford supporter. <laughs> no, I, and I get what he was like. I think if he had done it, and then obviously, like we said earlier, maybe, we'll see, let's see if Willie Kirk turns us around. He, he's, he's got form, he's done it with Bristol City, Let's see. Because I mean, there is talent on this team. We have the ability to go forward. I think the one thing that kills me is so like, so obviously later on we had a couple uh, attackers join. Brian is a big one. She's a big, you know, threat and creator for us. And Goodwin, Goodwin is you know got a lot of ability. For me, for for me, it's just strength though. And yeah, and some of it just feels like you get like we get we've had a lot of shots on target, but none of them ever had the strength to really make a keeper stop it you know i almost feel like just a bit of strength training would be good or whatever it is that you know whatever the professional league so it feels like it's just we're getting it the finishing's there it just needs a little bit more power you know sometimes yeah. it is just power you know don't always just whack it but like flint this is where like i like flint, flint when she punts it i mean she punts it man she, she there's you, you stopping that is 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 hard you know as a keeper you, she's one of these people who, like you know you're gonna face a rocket right um and yeah. she she's a good finisher i'm still surprised she's not more up front but yeah um but yeah we had a couple chances we we held them back we only conceded one other goal but it was still a bit it, it, well, felt, we, it we, felt like the women were playing the girls you know not to be mean but yeah know. we i mean we lost four nil in the end yeah just uh, i mean just i think we were saying last week you know arsenal are such a good team and it was more a question of how many will we how much will we lose by rather than do we have a chance in the match yeah, and I stand by that as a as a view. You know, that four was probably roughly what I was. I was hoping three. I was hoping actually we, like I said, I think I said three one. I'd like to have us to get a constant because we just need to start scoring. We need to have that threat. The best defense is a little is is offense. You know, yeah, I think yeah. you can't just attack, attack, attack. But you you can't just sit there for ninety minutes because these teams are too good. These teams in the Women's Super League are too good to just sit for 90 minutes and hope you could close them out and do a smash and grab. Uh, it's what it felt like we like did. Arsenal. Yeah, you're not smashing and grabbing against that team at all. And yeah, it just wasn't happening, was it? Yeah, I uh, mean, it was always a game we were going to... Right. I, I, well, I mean, watching the highlights, I just got the feeling that you could sort of feel Arsenal seemed to just so much fitter than we were. You know, they always seem to. All their players seem to be faster than ours, and yeah. And this is why, like I said, it sounds like I'm being really harsh, but it did feel like the women were playing the girls. It was just, yeah. It was, you know, and there's, and there's some there's, there's experience on there. So I mean, I know we've got a lot of the younger players like Goodwin and and Abrian and Pike and Perfield and stuff. But we, you know, I don't know. Bot Bot was good. You know, she had a bit of a better game. Considering after the Reading match, she unfortunately with her substitution, we then conceded two promptly afterwards was a bit of an unfortunate timing. I don't know if I would have pinned that on her, but it just seemed to go awry after that. Um, mm. 
but yeah i yeah i don't know it, it's it's frustrating we need i i like to see us score next match not to like jump ahead to the preview but west ham women had a really eventful game against brighton um if you saw it, it was something like 5-4 it was gnarly it was just all attack I think we clearly have the ability to to get into defensive shape, and that's an important ability, but we need to now start attacking, and hopefully Willie Kirk will, will turn us around. And I think a 4-1-4-1 would be... I like that formation probably because it works for the men's, but we if we can make a formation like that work, we will have more options. in, yeah. in, in, in and, and like just do a bit more midfield. I feel like our midfield was just... We, people just in that transition would just walk right through, and it was up to our back line just to be as compact and as well-drilled as possible, and you know, they did sometimes they did some really Herculean efforts like they did against Chelsea last season. But again, they broke us down after 83 minutes because that concentration is difficult. Yeah, it was something actually I was thinking having watched the uh, having watched. Yeah, you know, right. I only I was out on Saturday. I only had time to watch the highlights of this game um, for anyone wondering why I mentioned the highlights. But it was something I noticed quite a lot was that we seem to have a big gap between our midfield line and our defensive line. Yeah. There was huge amounts of space for the Arsenal players to work in there. And, I, I, well, this is the point where it shows up that I only really know football tactics from playing football manager. I don't really know how to fix that. I mean, you have to have someone who's, you know, that in Diddy type, um, you know, that kind of really pivot in front of them, you know. We, yeah, we, we, we should have someone who stood in front of there. If you're not going to have a back three, you need to have that three in front and with that pivot in front of them just to provide them that option to to help attack stand that attack and then you've got your wingers coming up and hopefully that because a lot of times we're getting a lot of crosses actually we're getting this with arsenal as well but we've really suffered with crosses but again we've got a defensive line who have all this attack in front of them then people running up the sides and then people making runs in between them it's a lot of work a lot of work on the defense um, mm. And it's, to be honest, it's not particularly fair to the defenders <laughs> to put them in such a position, um, you, you know. So I'm hoping we get someone who can be that kind of pivot and really sit in front of that back line and just provide that support. And then hopefully if we've got two on the wing in each side, then hopefully they can support each other as well. Because it just feels like, yeah, like I said, even Brian, it just feels like she just has to do some fancy footwork, run it up and hope that someone's ahead of her to, to create a chance or to take a chance herself. Um, and again, yeah, we need to balance that out a bit, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a disappointing 4-0 loss leaves us rooted to the bottom of the table. Um, multiple wins behind now, I think, if I remember rightly. Mm. Um, which is not where we want to be at all. No. I think a season in the championship next year is becoming more and more likely. But, oh no, we're only three points behind Reading. But with Reading and Liverpool both have games in hand over us. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. I mean, it's it's not over till it's over. Um, but we'll have to see. You never know; things can always happen. It is football. And like I said, Willie Kirk now actually has two thirds of the season roughly to 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 potentially turn it around. So hopefully he does. Yeah. That's all I've really really got to say to that. And it, it's frustrating because this would be a big part of the business model for for the club as a whole as well, just to have. You know, women. You know, I think hopefully when we go to the championship, we'll still have women playing at the King Power. I think that'll be important, especially if we're looking to do a promotion run as well. Um, yeah, it's a harsh league, um, and I think possibly the only other saving grace is if they expand the women's Super League. 
I've they've been <laughs> Might give us a moratorium for for relegation for the season. Um, yeah. Like, uh, didn't our under under twenty ones team get saved from yeah. relegation <laughs> this year because of that? Didn't they? Yeah, Nottingham Forest by some sheer irony kept us from relegation by joining um, the De- development league at the league below, therefore letting us get a bit of a mulligan in the under twenty ones. But um, but yeah, no, so hopefully, but yeah, that's it. That's really all I got to say for that. And then, then we've got West Ham away for the men, which is the last game before the World Cup. Yeah, so let's talk about that. It's on Saturday. It's at three o'clock UK time, so I'll be during the the blackout in the UK. If you want to watch it live, you'll have to get to the stadium somehow. Um, that's the official word, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, other options are available. If you show, um, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, West Ham did, did they? They they did. They had a game this weekend. Their at Palace. It was a bit of a funny one. So they got ahead. Ben Rama had a good goal. Um, from yeah, I'm having to go off the highlights. I didn't obviously see this, but um, and then they seemed to just they just conceded a goal in the last ninety minutes. They seemed to they seemed to be really struggling for that ninety minute fitness and. And that will hopefully play in our hands, but again, because it's on the road, London Stadium's never easy for us to go to. But I think it's it's, it's yeah. doable. It's very much if we got that win, that would be a tremendous win. We could be looking top off at the table. I'm not, you know, assuming all the results go the correct way. Which, for some god reason, teams like Liverpool and Man United can't just seem to do their job. But I'm going to ignore the fact that. United shit the bed against Villa, and then Liverpool shit the bed against Forest, and yeah, just, and yeah. Sorry, go I'm on. gonna be honest. You know, a while back we played Manchester United. I was saying, help all my colleagues are Manchester United fans. Mm. Well, all my colleagues are Manchester United fans. <laughs> 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 yeah, Unai Emery no. caught them off guard, didn't he? Or some sort of a masterclass, didn't he? Um, uh, that was that was fun. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a Man United. I don't know what's going on there, but but yeah, West Ham. Thing is, with West Ham, is in the past, like few times we've played them, I always felt that they've basically showed up, been really physical, and not let our technical players play. Mm. And yeah, this sounds. You know, I'm not accused of being unsporting. That is a perfectly fair way to play football. And yeah. when I'm playing outfield, I play that way. I have nothing against it. I think it. I, I enjoy it. I, I also watch rugby, which is similar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's a perfectly fair way to play football. It's like it's it's frustrating when you're watching your you know a player like Madison get the ball, mm. try and beat a player, then just watch the other player hip check him off the ball. Yeah, and and he yeah. goes down, and Madison's like go appealing for a free kick, and the referee's like no, play on. And part of me is thinking, yeah, Madison, play on. That was clearly not a foul. <laughs> no, but I, I, yeah, and Antonio, some, yeah, Antonio is always worse. Me, he's one of the few who I've seen make Soyuncu look like a rag doll at times. Um, yeah, there was one point where we were really vulnerable on the wings, and they really exploited that. Like they, he, I'm. There was one game we played against Burnley, and then we played against West Ham during 2020, and people just used to push. Thomas or Justin out of the way, but I do think their physicalities come on. I think Justin Justin looks like he's beefed out a little bit, um, mm-hmm. especially after his injury. But yeah, um, I don't know. I'm not overly worried about the physicalness. I think, and this this is now this is going to be an interesting debate. Obviously, we've got the Newport game tomorrow, which I'm going to mostly 
to watch though but also partly to eat the amazing sausage roll which i will not shut up about but more to the point will evans i don't know amate and what and phase have been really good i i'm a bit loath to change it i, I mean it's hard because evans is our as our captain but does he need to be a bit of a bench captain like morgan was towards the end i mean i don't want to be mean but it's just that, like they've actually why fuck with something that's working right Amate mm. looked crap next to Evans, yet now he's he looks well. He looks the part. He, they they work well. They seem to complement each other. I I couldn't tell you how or why, but in a weird Evans Soyuncu kind of way, they just work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I talked about why I think I'm pretty sure I sort of made that analogy last time. You saying, did, you know, yeah. Sorry, and I, I uh, yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> I say, yeah, this is why it was because uh, I said Amate's biggest problem I've always felt is he's never quite sure whether to step in and make the tackle or whether to drop off from the player. A lot of the time when we've criticised him, he's been saying, well, Amati should have stepped in and made the tackle and not let that shot come off. Or we've been yeah. saying, well, I guess we say less that he should have stepped up. I think it's more like to drop off. And he should. But now he's got, FaZe seems to be able to tell him, right, you know, cover him there, cover him there, cut off that angle, whatever. Whatever FaZe is saying, I don't know what FaZe is saying, I'm guessing here. Yeah, to but Amati he... seems to get Amati doing the right thing. Yeah, and then because Amati Sorry. can be confident that he's doing the right thing, he doesn't. He can commit to doing it. If that makes sense. Yeah, he does get caught between. Like, you know, I think Evans almost expects him to be like, "Oh, you need to get on with it," or whatever. You know, I, I don't know. He Amati has worked really well next to Faze. I'm. I hate changing backlines. If you've got a backline that's had five clean, was it five clean sheets in seven games? Don't fuck with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and only conceded one goal to the prolific likes of Man City. Again, don't fuck with it. It's all it's just, yeah, we, it's, it, uh, these are good problems to have is that we, we're having a hard time choosing. But I, 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 I'm for, for the West Ham game, get Evans on the bench, let him be the backup, let him be the leadership in the dressing room, but don't change that back line. I feel like if you do, we're going to concede. Um, not to say we might not, anyways, but. It's just working well, and I think again, Samari goes ahead. I think he'll need that physicality. I think if we get a goal up, do that, and get in Diddy out to replace and also build up his fitness as well. But also just the time. Any so they're going to rely. They almost rely on counter as well. They want speed with Bowen running up and um, oh God, sorry, the names believe me, but they do. They tend to rely on speed. Um, and Sochek is just just a force in in the middle of the pitch and. I think Samari could take him though. I think you know him, like not like in a fifty cuffs, but you know I think Samari. I mean, could probably go in a fifty cuffs way as well. I'm sure probably, they're both big lads, but yeah, I mean, there's they are, like you said, they're a physical team. You have got them, you have got you know their their centre backs are quite big, but they seem to be really vulnerable. I'm I've not quite seen. I can't remember how they can see the goals, but they they just I think they're struggling with European games, and it's and it's telling, and yeah. I'm hoping. Although there's no European games this week for them. Although they've got, well, yeah. The cup league games. Cup week, but... No, they're not playing League Cup, are they? Are they, are they? Did they get knocked out, did they? No, because if you play oh, in Europe, the you don't join the League round. Cup until the third round. Right, right, right. Uh, oh, so, yes, yeah, because all the champion, yeah, all the European games are done, aren't they now? So they'll actually have a oh, bit wait, of an advantage. Hang on, no, I'm a fucking idiot. This is the third round. Oh, so this yeah, so this <laughs> they are playing the League Cup this week. <laughs> I forgot the second round happened. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, West Ham have just been all over the place. I mean, you know, they they lost the pass in the last minute. You know, Man United beat them. They they had a couple of good games. They they're doing well in Europe. Um, they lost to Liverpool, which was unsurprising. Um, but you know, they also just closed out Bournemouth. Um, they actually beat Fulham, which is saying something. I think Fulham are a bit of a dark horse this season. Um, Everton beat them though at home, so I don't know if they beat Wolves. That's a bit. It's hard They're to expect. Teams you, you don't know what to expect with them, do you? No, um, they seem to get a lot of one nils. Um, yeah, they drew Spurs. They always turn up for Spurs, whether they like it. But they also lost to Brighton. Yeah, like I said, they lost. Oh yeah, they lost the Forest. I mean, <sighs> losing to Brighton. Bright, Brighton are a really good team this year. Let's not forget that. No, yeah, credit to Potter, who's now really flaying it. I think he, I think he went to Chelsea too early, but that's a whole that could be a podcast in itself. But um, uh, I, to be honest, I've listened to a podcast. Pretty much that. That yeah. is what's happened to Potter at Chelsea. It's not really it. for us to cover. It is quite fascinating. They were talking about some of the chance Brighton were giving them as Chelsea uh, lost to Brighton. I bet. I bet. Yeah, they, they, it was It was not a kind return, was it? They were chanting, you're just a shit Brighton Hove Albion at Chelsea. <laughs> very, very good. But <laughs> yeah. Very, very good. I, I can't, yeah. Because I love stuff like that, but yeah, West Ham. I, I, you know, you're talking predictions. I don't. I genuinely not sure. I, I want to. We might nick it, but I think we're going to concede. Uh, maybe we'll win it my, two yeah, one. My prediction is that whoever it'll be two one. I don't know who, but the winner will be scored in the 89th minute. That's my prediction. Well, hopefully we can repeat what Palace did because Palace kind of had a really hot start to the season I've seen since tapered off. But mm. yeah, West Ham a little bit all over the place. They said they do. We both have league games, but I don't. They will probably have very rotated teams. I mean, we're playing Newport. I don't know who West Ham well, have. But um, we've got Newport. West Ham have Blackburn Rovers, but also so, West Ham aren't going to go commit whole hog to to beating Blackburn Rovers. I don't think. No. Um, like we we don't mind we we've got a good enough team i should think that even if we play our second string we should beat newport county yeah um, i mean we talked about it yeah which, you know because this, this this is coming out on the wednesday obviously the day after the match uh, how how was it oh it was fantastic <laughs> i loved my sausage roll um and yeah um ianacho was amazing and justified being on the right wing permanently uh <laughs> Uh, I I got high fived by you know at least half the team. Um, that was oh, an wow. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I I don't know. I have, I I think I, my prediction was an. I, I was like, I have a really good feeling about this. It's going to be a nil nil and go the penalties of Iverson saving our ass. Um, <laughs> I do. Another more serious note. I do hope that we'll see a lot come from uh, the development squad. I'd like to see Braybrook. Um, maybe. Um, yeah, he he's been exciting this year, hasn't he? Yeah, and just maybe see, just give it. I think it'd be a good opportunity because we, I feel like we could, if we could dive into the into the development squad a little bit and get them up, um, and and another topic for another day is maybe t- when doing the World Cup, you know, Luke Thomas, where is he and why is he not being given the chance? But maybe he'll get a chance to play, but he seems to have kind of become a. He used to be like a regular, and now obviously Justin Castagna both fit, and I understand yeah. they probably do get ahead of him, but he needs time. I wonder if. Because we talk about, I've, there's rumors that we're looking at a left back, and people go, "Why do we need a left back?" I think 
we want Thomas to go out and develop. I don't think yeah. he has inability, but I just don't think he's going to get ahead of those two at the minute, I, is he? I think with Thomas, he struggles with the physicality of... He does. He's, he's quite, not, I wouldn't want him playing against West Ham, that's for damn certain. He's not the, like, bulkiest player. No, he's um, quite life. He's quite good, though, but him and Barnes link up really nicely. Um, yeah, him, Barnes, and Dewsbury Hall on the left wing. I really enjoyed their combinations. I also do think Luke Thomas is someone who really needs someone in front of him. Yes. Like, if he's going to play wingless, as we sometimes do, or like a back five, I've never been so convinced by him on the left. No, he, he doesn't do well in isolation, does he? He's quite easy to, like I said, sort of push off the ball and stuff like that. Yeah, he, like I said, I do. I would imagine, yeah, I would say strength would be his weakness. <laughs> stupid. It sounds like a stupid comment, but you know what I mean. He, he doesn't... I, yeah, do, I do know what you mean, yeah. He, 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 I do think he, he'll struggle there, but he'll hopefully get some time. Newport would be a good way. I think it would be a good way for him to kind of bleed back in. Um I'd be curious if Vestergaard could get in, but I'd rather he didn't. Um, I, I'm actually quite annoyed about Vestergaard. He's such a waste of space. <laughs> and that sounds really harsh, but... That, yeah, that is really harsh. I'm not going to say it's undeserved, but it's really harsh. I, it just feels like we could have... Just Why didn't he just fuck off and let us buy someone else? Yeah, I mean, just it's... read the room. Just read the room. You're not wanted. And, like, and, I, and I don't have anything against him personally. I just... Yeah. Yeah, there's a thing of we're trying to offload you to another club. Just uh, yeah, like read yeah, just read the fucking room sort of thing. Um. Yeah, (laughs) and there was that um, performance in the under twenty threes he had recently. Yeah, I mean that's cemented. We talked about last week. Yeah, I mean that's cemented. I mean that this is your opportunity. You literally go go play the kids. Cool. Could see his own goals, proceeds to see biggest defeat of the under 23, 21, sorry, for the season. It's not a great rap. If I, I imagine the meeting the next morning with Rogers was just him sitting there, like shrugging, like, so what was that? <laughs> I got nothing. You know, I imagine he said, I got nothing. Or I don't know, knowing the audacity of that prick is the sort of like, no, you should definitely start me. So I don't know why I've got this. It's just, it, it just, it just frustrates me because there's sometimes when people just don't read the room and it just feels like he's that type and I, I don't know but they're saying that he, it's not his fault Roger signed him in the end of the day yeah so if I'm really annoyed at anyone it is Roger's like I do this is why you don't do knee jerk signings but here we are <laughs> uh, sorry yeah, I've been really harsh there have I <laughs> um, you know what other defender we haven't seen in a while Ooh. Ryan Bertrand he's, see I saw there was a conversation on the discord I genuinely don't know if he's Back and back. so he was actually really good preseason before he got the vid and stuff. He was actually really yeah. good. His set pieces were amazing, but yeah, he's then. I don't know where he's gone. <laughs> I don't know if he. So he had an injury, then I think he got something recovered, and no one's really mentioned him because you sort of mention Ricardo and stuff. But there's not even like Bertrand's going to be back. It's just like yeah, he's in the squad because well, we've signed contracts and that's that really. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, it looks like he was he had an operation before our preseason. Right, I'll be and, him out um, till at least again January. I'm not. I never dislike Bertrand. I think Bertrand for depth is really good. I think he would the game like Newport would be a good game for him to walk go into. So I do think he has that leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's got a lot of experience. You know, there's no denying that. But yeah, we'll have to. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know, but it's going to be it's going to be heavily rotated. Um, we'll see Iverson. Um, Iverson probably won't be overly tested, but he's obviously good at penalties, so that will come into form. Yeah, I like the CE and, and Nacho play. We've him. always played our backup goalkeeper in the uh, in the cup, you know, in the League Cup. Oh, not always. I mean, well, so yeah, well, the League Cup we had because, but we didn't get that far last season. But you know, actually, Schmeichel started coming out towards some of them, didn't he? It yeah, I think it's game. like if it if it looks like we're gonna, you know, we might get a trophy there. You start playing your first team, but I think for these rounds, it's like treat it as a good as a rotational good opportunity for the kids and yeah, the, yeah. the players who don't play very as often. In um, I, I should stop talking about rugby every single time we do this. <coughs> the rugby version of the league cup is actually scheduled to be played like. They play it during international breaks. Okay. And the idea is, you know, it's just like, yeah, but none of the teams have, have got any of their internationals. Like, yeah, it's the point. <laughs> to, to make teams play their squad players. That's not bad. That's not actually a terrible idea. There's a couple of like, good not... ideas that we could probably transfer from rugby, like Sinbin and the communication. I actually happened to catch a rugby game. It wasn't a Tigers one, but just having to catch a bit. It was like in the background or something, but they were explaining their decision. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm not, it's not like I had any skin in the game, but it was like, huh, if I, I would not be enraged with this decision. You, what you said has made clear sense and you said it in a clear, coherent fashion. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> but I know they had a little more stoppage. I mean, rugby, you know, is still fairly constant you know unions a bit more stop and go but you know league it could be a bit quicker but you could still do stuff like that especially with some of these VA stoppages you know I've I've gone made a cup of tea gotten a biscuit you know contemplated life and they still figure out if you know Kane's you know cock is offside or whatever you know it's oh, just now I want a biscuit but yeah um... <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's a bit of another discussion but Oh yeah, and and actually, relevantly recently, concussion protocols something that rugby does really well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have that now, in in at least in the UK. We I haven't. Think was... <laughs> no, we don't. We don't have concussion protocols. We have something we say is a concussion protocol. I thought we had the well, we had a concussion sub. <laughs> so basically, yeah, that's it. It's like you're allowed to make a substitution, an extra substitution, basically for players concussed. All right, but in rugby, the way it works is if if you could be concussed, con- if you could be concussed, the referee will say, "Right, you need to take a ten minute break." I think there's a minimum time on the break, all right, so that the medical staff don't aren't rushed. Okay. You get a temporary substitution um, while that break is happening, and okay. then you're allowed to reverse the substitution later if your concussion turns out not to be a concussion if you pass the assessment. Okay, oh, that's actually really good. That's a really good. That's a natural protocol. Okay, no, I take that back. Yeah, that's because part of the thing with concussions is actually you don't necessarily you can't always tell straight away. Sometimes it takes like five or ten minutes before you really start to see it. Yeah, yeah and it yeah, was yeah. I can't remember which goalkeeper it was who got hit in the head, and he was like, "I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm fine," and then ten minutes later was like, "I am not fine," <laughs> and it had to be substituted. <laughs> Um, and it's like, yeah, this this is why you have this is why rugby does it the way they do. Mm. Anyway. No, that's absolutely fair. I just love to hear referees mic'd up in general. To be honest, yeah, I, I don't know yeah. if you'll say you'd hear a lot more swearing on the mic, but swearing's meant to be a red card offence, is it? Well, the foul oh. and abusive language is a red card. Like you saw the thing. Uh, oh, that is never ago. enforced. Sorry, I was just thinking of all the 
you saw a couple of weeks ago Vardy yelling at the referee like fuck off and I, fuck I, you at the referee I was like that should be a red card yeah he gave both barrels and everything didn't he and but it's I, one of those yeah. ones of uh, I I'd be really interested to see if what would happen like would people start start saying, oh, the referee should be sending these players off. Well, there was that whole thing where Klopp got the red card because he really abused the linesman. I mean, he really, like, I didn't obviously yeah, hear yeah, what he yeah, said, yeah, but you could see the ferocity of which he came out with. It was like, oh, well, shit on it. I mean, you are not mucking about, are you? You are, you are slightly miffed, to say the least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was not a happy bunny. But, like, that didn't justify his... You know, and I've seen... Other refs, well, uh, you know, I've never seen a ref do it though. I've seen refs get all sorts of abuse and never, do, yeah. you know, I'm not saying playing anything. I'm, we're talking lower leagues, but it should be tolerated at any level. There's some point where, I mean, there's arguing and then there's some people who just get shot. I had one fella who, um, it was a bit of a miscommunication. So basically, one, he had a bit of, he's got quite a thick accent, but fella, he was playing and he was annoyed because he, he getting, kept getting, getting studs down his leg and you could see there was marks down his leg no like mm. bleeding but you could see he'd been getting hit in the leg constantly and it was from the same guy and what he said to the ref is i i don't want to end up back in hospital because he had one where he had to get stitches and he was out for yeah. a while and he didn't want to lose out because someone's putting studs into him i thought i said but what the ref heard was i'm gonna put you in fucking hospital oh oh that's not good he got a yellow card for it, which is in that league is particular. You know, they don't barely pull the cards out. My like, fucking hell! What did you say, Will? Because I don't and like. And then Will was going to get, but like our captain just sort of edged him away. It was just to not make it worse. It was just like, but we did clarify with the ref afterwards. Like, what did you think he said? And he goes, well, "He's going to put me in fucking hospital." I was like, "Oh no, no, no! He doesn't want to go back to hospital." He had the whole thing. And he showed him the stitches, and he he was okay about it afterwards. And he put it up. And apparently, he wrote up a whole report about it as well. But like, yeah, I was like, oh. shit. <laughs> Like not about it, but like for the match, and he sort of put the notes there that actually we came and made a point of apologising because apparently they, he was going to share like watch out for this particular person because he's will like you know assault you basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, he's not like that. He's usually quite level head, but the person who was kicking him, he, he was very sneaky about it. He would kind of do like some of that Italian defending. Oh where yeah, he yeah. he looked like he was going for the ball, but what he was doing was just you know damaging your legs to put you off and shit you know he like the ball would come towards will the, the guy in question and he would just like he, he looked like he was going for the ball but what he was actually doing was just giving a boot in the back of the calf you know sort of thing and yeah. he kept doing stuff like that because he couldn't beat him because he will get him on the turn and stuff but yeah um but you know rush and get that kind of abuse and yeah i yeah, don't know like you don't you you don't see much ref abuse at all in in certainly not professional rugby no, I mean it's it's heavily, it's, but it's heavily policed, isn't it? And it's all kind of really and because the referee's mic'd up. If you do it, you'll get caught straight away. Yeah, um, I can't remember who it was is um, Wayne Barnes infamously sent off a player in the first minute of a Premiership final in, in rugby. They are the top four Premiership teams player, not a playoff for the actual Premiership trophy. Someone called Wayne Barnes a cheat, and Wayne Barnes was like, "Right, red card for you." <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, okay, call him a fucking cheat, which is a bit different. Right. Um, but the principle's the same. The yeah, principle's the same. Just... Like Wayne Barnes was more was more upset about was was, was more for calling him a cheat than for swearing at him, right? Because play, players swear, 
and it's like I, I've heard Nigel Owen say to a player, like, "Don't swear, you're on, you're, you're on camera." <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, ref. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're on camera. Very good. Now, I've, the thing is, though, I mean, so you talk about the Vardy thing, and just, just on the other side of it, and this is where maybe we need to really think about the culture around it. You know, the ref gave it right back to these, telling you, shushing him, and yeah, yeah, he, yeah. That was that was a two way street. So, and I guess that's kind of fair. Well, part of the problem is is that players are going to see that and they're going to think, mm. oh, it's all right to talk like that. Right? A player then does that in their Sunday league to a referee who's not yeah, no, of course, comfortable yeah. as a Premier League referee. Mm. And when the player gets penalised for it, they're going, oh, but I saw Jamie Vardy do it at the weekend. What are you doing, ref? You're such a, so nah, thin-skinned, etc., yeah. etc." Et That's the problem with it. Even if, as a referee at the level, you're like, well, I'm, I'm okay exchanging words with, with these players... I'm man enough to take it. It's like actually, you've got to consider the example you're setting of what's acceptable and what's not. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, so, no, that's a very fair point. Yeah, I hadn't really considered that. I, I would really like to see Premier League referee because I, mean, I, I referee as well, but in, not in a different sport. And like, I see that kind of attitude from players. And we've got like much stricter rules on referee disrespect. Really? Um, okay. Oh yeah. And the other one is like you know sometimes you see a player get sent off and then follow the referee around trying to yell at them. Mm. In, in this sport, we can call a forfeit against the team for that. Wow, that's, that's how bad that... it gets, right? If a player is refusing to leave the pitch after being sent off, you can just go right. I'm forfeiting your team. I pray that's not a, a regular occurrence. As I've never seen it happen. No, but I've never seen a player. Because the thing is, the teams know about it. So if a player starts to do it, the rest is you're like, no, no, you're coming with us. You're getting off the pitch. Yeah, I think a lot of it is you know that self policing. <coughs> you know, playing. Oh yeah. Like, play when you is... know when you know it could be a forfeit, you self police a lot more. Yeah, I play with one guy who's a bit. He's a bit. You kind of get like you get version of, two versions. You get him number one and him number two is kind of how we used to. I won't say his name, but him number one and him number two. And you know, if him number two turns up. You're like you you you're on eggshells. He's like you you don't he he starts punting it in every which direction. He he's just yeah, it's such a liability. But we we kind of police it, and we'll be like, look, if you if you're not coming, because he gets more aggressive when he's in attack. So we tend mm. so he's now we kind of in the new so we've mixed up teams now. But he he's now kind of been pushed into goal. But there's something to be said about that kind of self organization, that self policing um, aspect as well. Um, you know, and in the Premier League, I don't know. You can translate that. That has to come from that has to come from you know the coaches and stuff. And I think Rogers, you know, kind of bringing it back more to Leicester. So I think Rogers is quite good about you know referee respect. I mean, the worst I've ever said. Yeah. He's like, I, I think there were some questionable decisions. I think it's the worst he's ever said. He's not he's not gone full like Klopp or Mourinho or something. You know, ragging on the refs, calling them all idiots or whatever. You know, maybe I'm probably over exaggerating, but you know, it's kind of effectively what they do, don't they? They completely question their integrity and ability live on television. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they do sometimes get in trouble for that. The coaches, at least, no, they get um they get fined because that Mourinho made that whole point, didn't he? He's like, oh, I don't want to yeah. give the FA money i'd rather give it to charity or something yeah yeah well, yeah i don't he, want to say what I'm thinking, liners, i'll yeah. get, uh, <laughs> get yeah. fined yeah if i speak isn't that that's that was from all of that wasn't it or yeah, something yeah. similar um but yeah so yeah it's gonna be some interesting games obviously um west ham final game hopefully if we get the three yeah, points it's tremendous <laughs> We should. It, should I just start watching the Tigers so I can let you talk at me for about Tigers? Or we do Tigers never talk, stop talking. 
I am planning to do, uh, I think over the World Cup break, a Tigers Never Stop Talking would be well worth it. Tigers haven't played for a couple, well, I say they haven't played for a couple of weeks. They haven't played premiership matches for a couple of weeks. Right. They're playing again on Friday, though, against Yes, because it's the World Cup, isn't it? Yeah, I'm right. No, it's not. Uh, the it Rugby not? League World Cup is what's going on at the moment, and there's a right. Women's Rugby World Cup. But um, no, it's just the last two teams they were meant to play both went out of business. Oh, yeah. So, um, um, Worcester, they, it was Worcester and somewhere else, wasn't it? Worcester and Gloucester, I think. Worcester and um, Gloucester. They did play a game against an Italy Select Eleven, So, like, not the Italy team. But, but yeah, like a, a, a team of players who could represent Italy. And I don't actually know the result of that. I, was, I assume it was open. Do, do, do you need someone to join you on that one? Should I should I watch the rugby? I've always been interested. I just my it's my last sport. experience watching rugby actually I got was into my last. Not that I went into a lot of bar fights, but it was my last fight in a pub. Mm. Not that I did oh. this again on any sort of regular basis, but. We were watching the English play South Africa, and we are talking years and years ago, maybe 2007, eight. And he was okay. playing them, and it just whatever. Well, someone threw something like this heavy metal pen at a friend of mine. I said, Oof. "Oh, wait, what's this about?" I said, "What are you doing?" I, I probably <laughs> there was a few other words between those, but basically, I made it very clear I was not impressed. Yeah. He walked off. I stupidly, being like twenty years old, like went after him or twenty or whatever it was. You know, went after him. We really gave it to him, and I think I just ended up throwing the pen back at him, and then it just yeah, it turned into a massive thing in the hole. Like it wasn't just me; it was like me and the. But the thing is, I was really surprised. It was um the U- the student union didn't really just think that it was because they were like, oh, it's rugby. The fans would be fine. I didn't realize they were like South African fans and we were English fans, and they were just we were just all mixed in together. And yeah, one it, it was there was a couple other things that were brewing, and basically normally, that just was a catalyst for everything. Wasn't normally, it? Normally, <laughs> the way for rugby, they don't segregate the fans. No, but in that but, instance, they they probably should have. <laughs> I apparently lowered the tone, probably. For what it's worth, by the way, Leicester Tigers beat Italy thirty three nineteen. Good result. Anyway, so that's um. All right, all right. That's gone heavily Score off topic. Score prediction for yeah. West Ham, and we'll wrap this up because we're going uh going like an hour and a half now. <laughs> it's, it's always good to talk to you, HC. But yeah, no, I think as, as, I, as I said earlier, probably 2-1. Which way? I'm going to say it's 2-1 to us. I think we'll nick it. I think we'll get there. But I think it's going to be a scrappy match. Yeah, I, I, I said 2-1 earlier. Um, I, I will stick with that. And it's probably now going to be a 2-0 win to us just to slightly embarrass us. So I keep predicting we'll concede a goal and we keep predicting keeping a clean sheet. Um, it's just been too good, isn't it? But yeah, no, uh, hope let, let the good times roll on, and hopefully the international break. Yeah, well, hopefully some of our players get to represent their countries, but hopefully it'll be a time for a rest and hopefully well, just rebuild for what's going to be a tough run in the Boxing Day games. Isn't yeah, it? I mean that will be next week. We'll we'll talk about what happened yeah. in this West Ham game, uh, and we'll also talk about what happened in the Newport game that's happening yesterday. By the time you're listening to this. And we will talk about a West Ham game of the Women's Super League that's coming up on November 20th, remember? Right. And by that point, also the World Cup squads should be out, I'm pretty sure. So, so for England, at least, yeah. So we'll talk about which one of our, which of our players are in Cup squads, talk a bit about that. And if we have time, we might talk about what transfers. Otherwise, there's plenty of time before the transfer windows opens in January. Um, 
but we'll 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 find time to cover that. Absolutely. And I guess only the last thing is if you you know if you have any ideas or any topics you'd want us to cover or you want to join us, just reach out to us. We're more than that. We're more than yeah. Friendly. Reach we're out to us through, through the Discord. We gave the links at the start of the podcast through the Reddit again. All the links at the start of the podcast and in the descriptions. Um, so just please let us know what you want to listen to, what you want to hear us talk about. Um, we please should open like up. a should open a questions from the readers at some point maybe we'll see if we get around to that maybe yeah we'll have a look but, but all right, thank you very much for joining us yeah, always a pleasure and um I'll look good chatting to you next week mm. thanks everyone bye, bye. by Attribution 4.0 license. Find this license at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by spelled by forward slash 4.0 and it's creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0. It also uses Riptide by Kevin McLeod. You can find that at incompetech.com. It's licensed under a Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. I heard that URL earlier. It also uses Elf Meditation, also by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. That music is licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license.